On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. For me, for the last few days, I just can't get the image of those children, 19 of them, that were taken from America, from Texas. Uvalde was the town. Their lives ended by that mass shooting. And I think it's worth pausing you know, in this show and looking back at the last few days, we had President Biden talking about never again, a new package of laws, even before we kind of digested those terrifying images from Uvalde. We then had another shooting in Tulsa in Oklahoma. There was one, of course, the week before that in Buffalo. And of course, we go right back to the likes of Sandy Hook. They just keep coming and we keep hearing hashtags like never again, etc. And not a whole lot moves or happens politically and everyone is wondering, is this what's going to happen yet again, even though we had a kind of slightly more hopeful set of measures or suggested measures from President Biden the other day when he made his speech from the White House. So to discuss the week's events and where we are, if anywhere, on US gun control measures, we are joined by Larry Donnelly, who is an American, but lectures in the Faculty of Law at NUI Galway to discuss the events and what the future might be on the whole guns debate. Good afternoon to you, Larry. Great to be with you, Emmett. Thanks for coming on. As I said in my intro, we've been here so many times on this show, on this station, on US stations, and it almost follows the same pattern. There's prayers, there's an investigation about the police response, there's talk about gun control measures. Some things end up on the floor of Congress, then they don't go anywhere. The president of the day, whether it's President Obama, even at one stage we had President Trump who was forced at one stage to talk about some curbs coming in he then kind of stepped back from those under pressure internally in his own party I mean I'm going to hit you with the the obvious question do you expect anything to be different this time around at all in the grand scheme of things I don't I think Emmett you've summed up exactly what we've had for the past number of years we have a tragedy uh, we have thoughts and prayers we have questions uh, as to whether this will finally change things Uh, and then time passes memories fade uh, and things continue to revert to the status quo uh, until we have another tragedy. And, and you asked whether I think this will change things. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I don't think that President Biden really wants the assault weapons ban, which was instituted for 10 years and then expired. Uh, he wants that back. Uh, I see almost no chance of that happening. Uh, what he also is pushing for, I think more incrementally, uh, is for some you know very simple, sane measures like uh, waiting periods, like red flag laws, like safe storage, like uh, you know, no longer shielding the gun companies from, uh, you know, civil lawsuits, those sorts of things. Um, he's hoping for some progress on those incremental measures. And he's got a small group within the United States Senate, Republicans and Democrats, who are trying to hash out uh, if any of that stuff can be done. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm glad to see that that's going on. Uh, but will, you know, large scale reforms, the, the measures that we need happen? Uh, no, I don't think it will happen. And to the point about the incremental measures, uh, I think this is when we really badly miss moderates. Uh, we used to have moderates on Capitol Hill who could get together and get things done. Uh, we have very, very few of those. So unfortunately, uh, I don't see much progress being made. I mean, do I detect in your commentary, Larry, could President Biden be hitting this issue harder? I mean, he's obviously going through the, the political rituals of, of, of saying what he's saying. Or is he just sort of politically has the power that there's a Senate there controlled by the Republicans? Like in other words, can he do any more or is he at the limits of what he can actually do politically? I think Joe Biden's heart is absolutely in the issue of gun control for decades uh, as a U.S. senator. He campaigned. Indeed, you could say he crusaded uh, for stricter gun control laws. 
but he's up against it in a couple of different ways. First of all, uh, as the president, he doesn't have a huge amount of power. Uh, There are certain things he could do by executive order, but they're limited and immediately would be subjected to court challenge. Also, you look at the composition of the United States Senate, it's 50-50. And again, uh, in the United States Senate, because of its labyrinthine uh, rules for procedure, you need 60 votes uh, to get almost anything done. You need a supermajority. Uh, it's also also worth noting, Emmett, the composition of the U.S. Senate. That is arguably because each state gets two senators. Arguably, some rural states have outsized say, uh, and those are states in which gun control uh, is very, very unpopular. An awful lot of people uh, own guns. And the last variable in the equation is, and this is what his advisors are telling him behind closed doors. Remember, uh, this is a midterm election year. Biden is deeply unpopular. Uh, It almost always goes bad for his party anyway, for a president's party in the midterms. And the gun issue uh, is one that's very, very tricky. Yes, there are votes in it in the sense that, uh, you know, progressives may be galvanized by uh, calls for greater gun control legislation. But the reality is they were going to vote for Democrats anyway. So politically, uh, this is a difficult issue for the president. I mean, is there any hope of anything happening in the sense that the, the, the U.S. electorate, you can break it down in three ways. You can talk about the cities, you can talk about the rural areas, and then you can talk about the suburbs, the exurbs, sometimes they're called. That middle group, and they often do swing elections, kind of a middle American. It can be very family oriented. Um, you know, a lot of time you hear about the, the American mom is a very powerful political phenomenon. Is there any kind of anywhere in that group where you could see some kind of support for greater gun control or is it just that that group is just not critical enough in size terms to kind of swing the dial politically? That that group is absolutely critical and that's exactly who Democrats will be targeting uh, with this message. There's no doubt about it. You mentioned uh, the suburban mom, you know, they they, they used to call them uh, the soccer mom, etc. That demographic, I think, is very, very uh, open to this messaging. What's more, Emmett, the reality is all Americans, even gun owners, support things like background checks, like waiting periods. Polling over and over again shows uh, that the vast majority of Americans want these things, but it really is down to a broken political culture uh, and a complete disconnect between what happens on Capitol Hill uh, and between what ordinary Americans are thinking. And that really is down to um, the fact that the gun lobby has such outsized power uh, and influence. Uh, and effectively, there's an awful lot of people in the Congress who are bought and paid for uh, by the gun lobby. So even though uh, lots of Americans want want common sense gun measures, uh, they're not going to get them. The other question is, uh, how many Americans are going to vote on this? And I think this is at the heart of Biden's message is to say, look, remember how mad you are about this today. Don't forget about that uh, when you go into the polling place uh, next November. Hist- history has shown that people do tend to forget that they, there's not a huge amount of Americans who vote pro-gun control. On the other hand, there are lots who vote uh, pro-NRA. But let's see uh, how this unfolds. And again, let's see if it can galvanize uh, some of the core Democratic groups to turn out uh, in the midterm elections. And Larry, obviously that's the immediate, it takes us up to November, as you've said, for midterms. But if I can ask you to pull back the lens a bit further out, and this is a difficult question, so push back against me asking you this at all. But if you look out four or five years, obviously there's a whole new different demographic coming into the US electorate. They're liberal, they're young, they live on the coastal cities, they're not in these rural areas. 
I mean, do you think, okay, there's not much happening immediately. You've made that very clear and I think you're making the right call. But in terms of four, five, ten years even out, do you, do you see the kind of the, the arc being bent a little bit further out on guns or do you sort of see, well, not really. I, I just see the institutional constraints are going to mean that not a whole lot is going to happen. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, to, to that point, I mean, the arc already has bent on, on guns uh, in the places that you talk about. I mean, my home state of Massachusetts, we don't really have mass shootings because we have the strictest gun control laws in the United States. Uh, they're not a common feature, uh, indeed, in the Northeast or on the West Coast of the United States. So at the state and local level, that influence has already been felt. Uh, the issue really comes down to the federal level. Uh, and I think you're correct to point to some of the institutional uh, impediments on that. Uh, yes, there is a rising cadre of Americans who reject uh, the gun culture, uh, how their influence will come to bear in, in elections in future, uh, that will be one to watch. Uh, but sincerely, uh, you know, again, because of the United States Senate, because of the roadblocks that are there, because of the power of the gun lobby, uh, do I see you change? Uh, no, I don't. And the other thing is, uh, you know, despite what the point you make, and I think you make it well about young people, uh, there still is a societal issue uh, around guns in the United States that doesn't exist uh, anywhere else in which guns are revered by a wide section uh, of the population. Uh, I don't think, regrettably, uh, that will ever change. Right, okay. Well, it's it's an unedifying message, but I think it's an accurate message you're, you're putting across. That is your honest assessment, and it's hard to see where it's critiquable. So uh, let's see what happens in November, if it does feature in that political shopping, shopping list among voters. Larry Donnelly, who, as I said, obviously you can hear from his accent from Massachusetts, and he's also a law lecturer at NUI Galway. Thank you very much for joining us on On The Record today. On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. Sunday morning at 11. On News Talk.